Kyle, guess what? This week, we have a podcast with one of my favorite guests. Her name is Shannon Clank, and she's going to talk about happiness and the word happy. Happy, let's go back to her house today. You want to go to her house today? It is Monday. Um, yeah, she's going to be on next week, yes, and she's going to be talking about it. It's on Monday. Let's go to her house. It is tomorrow. Shannon, we're going to be over your house. I promise. Okay. But, but, but if Monday is soon enough, we're going to Sunday. <laughs> yeah, today is Sunday. I am ready. You're ready to go see Shannon? That's wonderful. No, Shannon, no Monday. It's just Sunday. Yes, it's still Sunday. We're going to go to the thrift shop <laughs> instead. But can you do me a favor? Kai, could you do me a favor? Could you tell everybody welcome to the life on the bright side? I'm ready. All right, Shannon's gonna make us very happy, isn't she? So, will you tell everyone this time? You're doing the opening. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, you say, hey everybody, welcome to Life on the Bright Side. Yeah. That's somebody happy. Yeah. <laughs> and in case you were wondering what happy sounds like, that is it. Even though we are not going to Shannon's house today, can you tell everybody welcome to Life on the Bright Side? We're going to the Life on the Bright Side tomorrow. Please. You got it. Thank you, Kyle. You know how they used to say about Mary Tyler Moore, who can turn the world on with her smile? Well, they haven't met Shannon Clank. She is our guest today, Brightsiders, for Life on the Brightside podcast. And Shannon Clank is a wonderful podcaster in her own right. Her website is called finallyeffinghappy.com. Now, you have to be a kick-ass person to have a website with that name, right? She is a self-care coach, so she's come to the right place, Life on the Bright Side, to talk about such things. She's a can-do mom. She's a wife, a volunteer, an entrepreneur, obviously a podcaster, life coach, strategist, and chronic illness warrior. As a host and a coach who's been living with chronic illness, she does not let the diagnosis define her life. She's passionate about helping people to be kind to themselves. Now, preaching to the choir is what we all seem to end up doing, but Shannon does it in a way that combines positive psychology with self-empathy and using those actionable accountability things that she puts in place with her coaching style. It helps to ignite a powerful mindset and helps to build that self-care. Now, I just happen to know that a few people that might be listening to this podcast would be interested in such mm, pieces of gold. So listen, enjoy, and in the show notes, you will find more information about how to get in contact with Shannon. I hope you enjoy it. Take care. And if you have friends who would like to listen to this podcast, this particular episode in general, please share, let them know. And if you get a chance to review this Life on the Bright Side podcast, we would love that. Take care and enjoy. Shannon. 
everybody. Welcome to the Happy Conversation with Shannon Clank. I'm so glad to have you here. It is, it is such an honor and a privilege and a joy to be here with you, Isabel. I'm so excited because this season on Life on the Bright Side, we are choosing a word each week to focus on. And your word is, well, that one's an easy one. I was laughing because when you and I were talking before, um, I said, is it going to be effing or is it going to be happy? Because mm -hmm. you have um, a program out there called Finally Effing Happy. So, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes the effing is part of the happy and sometimes the happy is part of the effing. <laughs> so, you know, it can really be either. <laughs> very true. Very true. So I guess this with the suspense... Um, we should tell everybody that the word is happy, Yay. happy, happy, happiness. And if that makes you want to turn this podcast off, cause you're like, I can't like, it's just too sappy. It's too much stick around because this is real life, honest, not Pollyanna, happy birthday, happiness all the time. This is deep contentment, heart connection, that happiness that comes from knowing who you are, showing up for yourself, and living a really true life to yourself. Now, if you could tell our listeners how you got here, um, I think that who you are has defined this whole journey. And a lot of people, they look when they're in their 20s and say, gee, I don't know who I'm going to be. What do I want? I don't know. But then by the time we get down that road a little bit further, we go, hmm, it kind of found me. And you kind of sit in it and make a decision. This is where I want to be. Absolutely. And my work definitely found me. Um, I went down a handful of different career paths and this work continued to show up, show up, show up. But I will tell you that about 13, 14 years ago, I was 40 years old or coming up on 40. I had a lot of what we would call success in our culture and in our society, but I was coming out of a failed relationship and I had had a few of those and I was in a really dark and depressive space. And despite the success, the achievements, the education, the experiences that I had had, there I was walking around with the suicide hotline number in my pocket. And it was such a dark time. And I had done so much therapy and so much self-discovery and so much healing. And I had so much freedom from things that were horrible about my past, yet I was still walking around with the suicide hotline number in my pocket. Wow. And so the journey shifted from transforming it it shifted from what's what's the next program what's the next self-help book i'm going to read what's the next app i'm going to download to transforming the knowledge of what i know nourishes and fuels me but transforming that knowledge into action because until i got into consistent action around some of that knowledge and stop searching for what's the next thing, what's the next thing, what's the next thing, what's the next thing, mm -hmm. then I, I couldn't get there. 
wherever there was. And so when I came up with, when this program was developed, Finally Up and Happy, it was from a place of, I am finally, (laughs) finally (laughs) effing happy because this deep contentment, this being comfortable in my own skin is hard won. It's taken a lot of work, but it is, it's very true. It's very authentic. It's very alive. And so I say that happiness, like I started with, is not Pollyanna happy birthday happiness all the time. It is a place where all emotions are welcome. Right. Like in my happy place, there can there can be sadness because sadness can be genuine. In my happy place, there can be anger or disappointment because those are real live emotions that I feel at times. But the knowledge that none of those emotions can actually take me out. They don't have the power to take me out, take me down. I have the tools, I have the resources, I have the community to be able to move through that and still have this sense of deep contentment and comfort within my own skin. Because you have the choice to do so. I do. Now, I want to say that happiness is not, um, you know, it's an interesting thing. So a lot of the women that I work with, Do not say that they want happiness anymore. Like happiness is a bygone wish. Right. It's like, and, and they know they have a good life and they're not really unhappy. But if you were to say, are you happy? They're like, well, yeah, sort of, kind of, I mean, happy enough ish, I guess. Wow. And I was like, that, that's not, that's enough for me. I want, I want, if someone says, are you happy? I want to be like, Damn straight I am. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so at that time in my life, I uh, was super broke and was living in Los Angeles. I was spending four hours a day in the car in traffic. I had no time. I had no money. I was single parenting. Psychology was becoming a more known thing. And there were these scientific elements of happiness. And I am part woo-woo, part hardcore science. Like, I love my scientific mind. There's a cause and effect. This leads to that. But then there's a good part of me that's very woo-woo. I've been doing tapping or emotional freedom technique for almost 20 years, long before anyone even knew what tapping was, where you hid in your closet because people (laughs) thought you were crazy. They saw you tapping the top of your head, thinking it was doing anything. So I'm a little bit of both. But at the time, I was super broke. I had no time. And so I decided to take some of these things from the science of happiness and be a guinea pig. And so things like where it said, if for 21 days, when your feet hit the floor, the very first thing you do is out loud, say three things that you are grateful for. In 21 days, you're gonna feel different. And I would think, I would hear those kinds of experiments or statistics or facts, and I would be like, that is such bull, you know what? My life is so complicated. My problems are so big. There is no way something that simple can make a difference in my life. 
And so, you know, from this slightly arrogant, cocky place, I was like, I'm going to prove them wrong. But surprise, surprise, joke's on me because I would do some of those types of exercises and discover that 21 days later, it wasn't necessarily the magic panacea to my whole life, but I did actually indeed feel different than I felt 21 days ago. Right, right. And so my work is, um, yes, part science of happiness, but also very heart connection work and helping people process through what I call the yeah buts. Because I know that most of us have tried a hundred different things. Mm-hmm. And so when someone's like, well, get get more movement or exercise. And they're like, oh, well, I have, like, yeah, but I have a bad knee. Okay, well, I'm gonna give you a suggestion of how about chair yoga, that won't hurt your bad knee. Yeah, but I don't have any technology that's going to allow me to do chair yoga. Okay, well, what if, right, like we, and most people need to go, they need their yeah buts to be heard and honored. Interesting. And in our culture, our culture takes yeah buts and goes, you're just making excuses, shut up and just do it. Well, for me personally, that's never actually worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you let me, yeah, but my way to something. I do something. And and the journey begins. We do one something and another little something and another little something and another little something. Um, to that place of deep contentment. You know, um, most of the women that I work with tell me that they want more time, they want more energy, and they want freedom from guilt. Nice. Those are the biggies. And so happiness is more time, more energy, and freedom from guilt. Define it how you will. But that place where all emotions are welcome, I get to live them, feel them, It's not about tweaking my reality in every direction so that I never feel discomfort. Yeah, no, when the discomfort comes, hi, welcome, (laughs) good to see you. (laughs) Haven't seen you in a few days. Can I get you a cup of tea? What do you need me to hear from you? Yeah. And listen, and being able to listen to your body and know that it is telling you something that is important you need to address this or that, and then getting comfortable with what does that mean? Um, I, I so get that. Uh, I do, um, actually I've been mentoring, been mentored for the last two years in doing healing therapies and became a Reiki master, um, do a lot of intuitive healing, and was trying to teach my 23-year-old daughter how to listen to the no's and the yeses in her own body when when she wants to say no and she says yes out of obligation to another person now that i'm older i say to her you know what i say no a lot more i used to be a people pleaser too and i know you saw that part of me but now whether we blame it on being older and tired (laughs) or or just knowing better and saying no let's think this through i know that i am not a fan of that particular music 
and I don't really want to stand up for three hours and watch this person sing. Um, and it's not going to be fun for you or me, for me to be around this. I'm going to say right, respectfully, no. Um, I do think that we all have the opportunity to, like you said, um, to, to have that, discover what those things are for ourselves that, that bring us that sense of happiness. And um, if we're going to be going, climbing that mountaintop, and I always think of the cartoon Ziggy, um, where they, he climbs to the mountaintop and he finds um, the man at the mountaintop, the wise man, and he asks him, what is the secret of life? And he says, what is the secret of life? He says, it's just one damn thing after another. And right. like you're saying, Let's just keep doing it. If we're still going along that road, if we're going to do our practice gratitude in the morning, if we're going to go for our walk, whatever it is, again, because I'm a, a person who I'm very visual and I think of movies. Movies get me through. And I think uh, we mentioned this in a talk recently, <laughs> the movie City Slickers. I think of Billy uh -huh. Crystal and Jack Palance and he says, the secret of life is one thing. You just got to find out what your one thing is. Right, you just gotta find the one thing. Yeah, and yeah, and maybe yeah. it's maybe it's three, but they're three little things, and you carry them in your pocket, and they're your toolkit. Like you said, um, some people it might be that number for the suicide hotline. It right. might be a friend that they need to talk to. It, I I think of that poor woman who was Miss um, Miss USA. Right, I do. I think about her a lot too. My really heart goes out to her and to her family, and you know, one of the pieces that is really the core of my work is um, self-care. And when I talk about self-care, I'm not talking about getting our hairs, hair done or our nails done, though that can be a part of it. But I help women transform their self-care routine. And they transform their self-care routine so that they can have the time, energy, freedom from guilt that they crave but also so that that becomes when our when our self-care is consistent it doesn't have to be perfect but consistent that becomes the springboard the launching pad for all of our dreams all of our big hairy audacious goals yeah right i am sure that you and your listeners have had seasons of success in their life. We've all had seasons of success, but why isn't that success sustainable? Oftentimes it's because those essential self-care fundamentals for yourself, whether it's sleep, whether it's food choices, whether it's exercise movement or caring for healthcare conditions that you need to care for, that some of those things continue in that season of success, whether it's my career or my parenting or whatever it is, if my self-care essentials aren't consistent enough, and I say consistent enough because perfection is not our goal ever, right? Perfection will actually only just beat us up even more. Right, right. And so many people, but, that is their goal. Correct. And that, and that when my self-care, when 
your self-care can be consistent enough, that then is the springboard for all of your dreams, all of them. But we've been so programmed that, for example, if I want to get that promotion at work, okay, I'm going to go hire a um, career coach and I'm going to take this training and I'm right. And in the meantime, I'm getting five hours of sleep and living off of granola bars. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, you might get the job promotion in the end, but is that success sustainable unless those essential self-care pieces aren't taken care of? And so, you know, I think often of a tree and I'm sitting here looking out my window right now, looking at this beautiful Japanese maple I have outside my window and it's completely bare at the moment because it's February in Connecticut and it's um, it's like, feels like four degrees. That's the feels like temperature. It's so cold. I'm so sick of the cold, (laughs) (laughs) but I look at that tree and I think about the roots that go into the soil and roots do so many things. They anchor, they pull nourishment, they share nourishment, they get rid of waste. They stay connected, right? They're so, they reach transforming of the self-care routines is like really creating a rich, nourishing, connected root system Mm -hmm. so that the tree can grow, blossom, flower, be a home to lots of other creatures, all the things that trees do. But we, we have to start with the roots if that tree is going to last season after season after season after season after season through winters and hurricanes and tornadoes and all the stuff that we have here in Connecticut. And so the self-care work that I do transforms women's self-care routines so that they can have that nourishment that they need to go pursue all of their other dreams and goals. Yeah. And nourishing your roots is something that is so essential. We might think of it for our, as caregivers, our family that we love, the people who need extra help. Um, But I was thinking about, um, I forget what they call it, not space lab, but the place where they had the experiment where they put all the vegetation in and they wanted to put humans in there and it would be like Eden, but it was in a huge bubble. I forget what it's called. I forget what it was called, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they discovered they made a fatal error. They did not have wind, so the trees fell over because the roots mm. did not have a reason to hang on. Right. So we, as people who have strong roots, we need to really tether ourselves into the earth with these sustaining things because we are tested. We are the weeping mm-hmm. willow in the wind. Sure. And um, I know that having a a child who is now an adult who has extra needs, um, I spend a majority of my time caring for his needs and need, need to take care of mine as well. Otherwise, he, he is not getting the best version of care from me. Um, For instance, today, he is supposed to be in a day program and decided to pull an all-nighter. So... The party animal was up while I was resting, (laughs) 
Right. So the solution is let him stay home, let him sleep right. so that I can do what I'm doing. Um, right. Some people may not be that fortunate to be able to work from home at this point, but the tree symbolism is so profound for our caregivers, uh, knowing that that nourishment, um, we are giving vermiculite, we are putting things into the ground. We are. We are watering, we are making sure that the water is coming from a healthy stream or a support system, a well, uh, and knowing that that sunlight is vital, it's helping the whole. Um, knowing that we are getting that nourishment. Are there, are there other suggestions that you might have for the listeners so that they can move forward um, with grace and towards whatever that version of happy is for them? Well, and I think this is one of the things that I come across a lot in that although you hear it all the time, like we use it so much in our culture that it's trite, that you need to take care of yourself first, or you need to put your own oxygen mask on first, or right, we hear that so much that when I start working with someone individually or in a group session, there's this, I know, I know, I know I should, I know, I, I, I know I got that, I know, okay. But how much are you doing what you know, right? How do we take that knowledge that you have about what fuels you and turn it into gentle, loving action as consistent as possible? And so, and for each person, I work primarily with women, in your case, for each caregiver, it's a little bit different. And so I'm going to use an example, which is for me, I also have a young adult who has extra needs and there are, for me, I know there's a certain amount of water that I drink. Consistent amount of water. I don't realize it's because of water. I start getting just a little more heavy, just a little more down, maybe a little bit more sharper in my responses, right? And so what, knowing that about me, mm -hmm. what, it's easier for me. Now here's, this is less about water, but here's to really answer your question. The, like, I am a really smart, capable, hardworking, can-do woman. <laughs> and so I almost get embarrassed to talk about needing support to create the system to set up my water and be consistent with it. Right? Like, yeah. I can learn how to do a podcast. I can get my son amazing care that people say you won't be able to get for him. I mean, I can do amazing things. Right. And the embarrassment or the, oh, it's not that big of a deal to talk about, okay, I've put an appointment in my calendar every three days for me to set up my ginger water that goes in my fridge. Do I really need to put that in my calendar? Yeah, I do actually. And it's the embracing of, 
yeah, I'm actually going to put that on my calendar every three days Mm -hmm. because when I start my day with my lemon ginger water, when I get my 70 ounces of water every day, that's when I can move mountains and get or learn technology that just seems so far beyond me. (laughs) Right. Like, and so the, it's, what I'm trying to say is that this is less about the water itself. You know what your thing is. Your thing might be movement. Your thing might be no sugar. Your thing might be prayer and meditation. Your thing might be calling your mom every day. Your thing, I don't know what your thing is, but everyone's got a thing. Right. You might have five things or seven things. Most of us have anywhere in the space of six to 12 essentials that these things need to be happening at some level in order for me to really function. So taking the time to know what those are and then creating systems for them, which means it's okay to talk about them. It's okay to be a really smart, hardworking, can do kick-ass woman, kick-ass caregiver and be like, Hey, Hey girlfriend. Hey bestie. Hey accountability group. I, I'm, can you help hold me accountable that I'm going to set up my ginger water every three days and it's on my calendar and I am going to text you when it's done because I need the accountability to it. And, and there's nothing minute about that. That is vital um, because mm-hmm. if you don't have that accountability, um, mm-hmm. I know I'm overstimulated by everything. I, I go for the next shiny bright object for any, oh, good, what, oh, I'm going to learn, Deepak Chopra has a new book out about nutrition. I'm going to learn, Do oh, that. let's let's get all of this done. And then, you know, here's the book. I'm looking at the book. Haven't opened the book since I bought it. Um, I'm going to do, and seriously, I made a commitment and said, I'm going to do prayer and meditation. I've been doing it for the past two years, doing a gratitude practice every morning, I have my own version of surround, ground, and shield. Entering um, the day with that is my energy water. But I also, uh, every single day, do a green juice. I drink that first. I have my tea. I have my oatmeal. And I sit there and I go, this is a lot of stuff. Why did you make yourself do all of these things? Just do one. Just do one. And let's go there. Because I'm the person that has all the crap all over my desk. And it's everything that I think I need, but none of it makes any sense to anyone except me. And I would have to go through the journey and look at each thing and figure out why I wanted that in the first place. So I think what you're saying is so important. You don't need to do everything. Yeah, pick pick one just for this week. And that's a big part. So there's the snowball effect, which is a big principle that I work with. And my coaching and in my life is that we pick one thing for this week, one thing. And if you really push me, I'll let you pick two. <laughs> but we're going to pick one or two things for this week. After we've done your self-care inventory, after we've teased through what um, have you tried, what have you liked, what have you not liked, what do you know works for you, what do you think you should do based on what society tells you, okay, and then we're going to laser in on what you know works for you. And then we're going to create some systems for each of those. And then every week, I... Just pick one thing for that week, one, to try and do that one, whatever my consistency goal is for that week. 
And here's what happens. It's called the snowball effect. So I'll continue with my water analogy. So if I'm consistent enough with my water, effortlessly, I've made more time for prayer meditation and connecting with my heart. Effortlessly, because when I'm feeling good in this area that nourishes me, it exudes outward. It has that ripple effect. Right. And I don't, the ripple effect is a law of physics. Mm-hmm. I can't stop the ripple effect. Right. I mean, even if you hit a brick wall, the energy is being dissipated. The ripple effect happens. Mm-hmm. And that's just law of physics. Mm-hmm. And so trusting in the law of physics and the ripple effect, if I just do one thing, the snowball into the other areas of my life will happen and then the feel good upon the feel good upon the feel good upon the feel good grows almost effortlessly at that point right so this journey to deep contentment this journey to more time and energy and freedom from guilt doesn't have to be like this really painful (laughs) transformation like it could be yeah but it also doesn't have to be. Well, it so can. true. Yeah. So true. And and I think a lot of times, like, like the man on the mountaintop, I sit there and I think the things that I'm doing, and I said, oh, is this what happy is? Okay. I didn't make my bed. Makes me happy. Because I'm getting... I never make my bed. Yeah, I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm getting back in there later. My husband right. said the sweetest thing yesterday. My husband said that, he realizes that I'm the primary caregiver for my son. And what I do outweighs doing the laundry. So he does the laundry. He, he loads the dishwasher. He does different things that I used to do and spin in circles trying to, to get all of that done and feeling I'm letting people down because there isn't dinner every single night of the week. Right. And right. he started making some dinner a couple of days a week. That is profound because if we are able to express our feelings, because I was constantly getting in the bed at the end of the night going, oh crap, nothing went the way it was supposed to go. Where now I set the intention and I say, send me where I'm supposed to go. Let me give, let me love, let me serve, whatever it is, it is. And at the end of the day now, I sit there and I do a recap and I go, okay, well that was pretty cool. And that was pretty cool. And that was kind of scary. But that was okay. And you know what? It was a good day. And I didn't make my bed. (laughs) Right. Right. I'm with you. And I think the practice at the end of the day of, and again, this is where people come up with a lot. Right? What did I do? There are all kinds of things that I did. I did do the laundry. I did, like, what did I do? As opposed to all the things I didn't do, right? Right. right. But I need to honor my yeah buts, where I'm like, okay, I made dinner. I folded the laundry. I put it away. I cleaned the kitchen. I did, 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 I did this for this person. I showed up there. But afterwards, there's always a yeah but. 
okay, let's hear and hold that. Yeah, but love on it for a second. Say thank you and then bless it and release it. So that, that practice of really honoring what I did do, we're not like trying to shut up or shove down that voice in us that says, you know, the other thing you asked earlier, like what are some other suggestions and ideas and you know, none of these are new to any of your listeners, I know, but I certainly, you know, the scientific elements of happiness, yes, gratitude is one of them. And um, I do indeed. I approach to gratitude, which is a slightly different twist on the regular old gratitude list. Um, but super impactful and allows me to connect into gratitude even when I'm feeling really low. Um, play, playfulness. What have you done recently just to play? So during coronavirus, I have begun coloring. Like who knew? Like I'm seven. I mean, <laughs> I truly am coloring like I'm seven and it just fuels my heart. Some people are like, what do you want to do right now? I'm like, I did want to color. <laughs> That's so funny. Last night, my son didn't want to color, so I did. Ah, so you did. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, movement, but like some people really are. I want to exercise or I want to run or I want to set a goal for a 10K. I don't want to do any of that. I want to dance. So dancing is enough movement, like just moving my body. Connection, like you and I are doing here. Mm -hmm talking with a girlfriend, really connecting with other human beings, that community. And if you're feeling a, you know, dearth in that area of your life of connection, which so many people are at the end of these two years, okay, how can we make a plan to enhance and enrich connections that feel really nourishing and purposeful to you? Um, random acts of kindness are absolutely a scientific element of happiness in terms of people who do random acts of kindness report being happier, more contented human beings. Um, and then having a purpose, you know, and whether your purpose is um, caretaking, I know for me that that's a big purpose in my life, but I also need to have a purpose away from that. Yeah. Um, which sometimes has felt like I don't have time or energy to do anything else. So how do I have another purpose? Um, but, you know, even for a little while there, my purpose was I really want to become fluent in Spanish. And so I just made my purpose doing 15 minutes of Duolingo a day. That was enough purpose that I had the energy and capacity to do. I couldn't go volunteer somewhere or make meals for more people. So the purpose doesn't have to be huge, but it can be something. Right. Um, and then that whole self-care piece, which is its own body of work in and of itself. But I wanted to make sure to throw that, you know, play and connection and all of those other scientific elements of happiness that can fuel our souls, even in the littlest ways. Yes, and, and what you said, if you are taking part in at least one of those things, you are sending ripples of happiness out into the world. And if we and into your own life. Exactly. Yes. They're going out and they're rippling back as well. And I don't think people realize that, that um, 
um, the one thing I like to tell people is to schedule your joy. So if you are able to do that and you look, and I know that we're all busy people, but um, it can be as simple as if I were to be dropping off my son today at his program and saying, hmm, I think I need an oat milk chai latte today. Woohoo! <laughs> exactly! Oh, well then you can see my that mine says positive energy today. <laughs> um, we do what we need to do to keep moving forward. And I love your idea about ripples of possibility for people that can help everyone. Because if we are helping ourselves, we are helping others. And uh, knowing that people who are listening. Yeah, that. Oh, go ahead. That idea that if I do, if I do this little thing, like, it's not that big of a deal. It's it's not really going to have an impact. I'm here to tell you it does have that big of a deal. It is does have that big of an impact. It is that big of a deal. Five minutes of quiet, putting your hand on your heart, closing your eyes, and just don't even breathe deeply. Just be quiet and still for five minutes. Get that chai latte if you can. Like the littlest things mm -hmm. absolutely are worth it yeah, and have a big impact and are worth every ounce of energy and time because of that ripple effect. Absolutely. I was going to say my favorite one over the last couple of years has been turn off the news. Oh, yeah. And that has given me great peace. And yeah. suddenly I found that bubble of time to practice that self-gratitude to yeah. help everybody in my path not to want to tell me to get lost because I'm cranky. Right. So yeah. uh, oh, thank you so much for all of these pearls of wisdom. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. And I love talking about happiness as a place where all emotions are welcome so that women caregivers don't give up. Don't give up on that vision of deep contentment for yourself so that you really can have the time and the energy and the freedom from guilt that you so sweetly deserve. Definitely. And I was just thinking, yes, they definitely deserve it. And you need to realize that what you are doing is magic. You are helping other people to succeed and to do good things in this world because you are a good person as well. Um, and as you are, Shannon, thank you so much for being here today. And thank I, you. I cannot wait to see because our listeners, um, I'm going to have to be a little creative. Our internet, the full moon has been playing with it. And I'm going to salvage the best I can. I'm going to weave my little needle through this conversation so that we can. It'll be flawless. perfect just as it's supposed to be. Absolutely. And I will probably be editing it from my unmade bed. How is that? <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Life on the Bright Side, a podcast that is sponsored by my favorite nonprofit organization, Faces for Autism. If you'd like more information on Life on the Bright Side or Faces for Autism, programs or services, events, activities, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, please go visit our website, faces4autism.org. 
There's lots of information for caregivers, for adult self-advocates, for educators, anyone who wants to know more about caregiving, anybody who wants to know about autism, developmental disabilities in general. And if there isn't enough information there, look for our Contact Us uh, segment in the website. There is a page there, I believe, that says Contact Us. Reach out. I'll get back to you as soon as we can. Thank you so much. This is Isabel Mosca, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to live your life on the bright side.